little news in college football. Obviously, the last 24 hours, huge news with Nick Saban, but a little update to that where with Nick Saban retiring, the favorite to land the Alabama job by most reports has been Dan Lanning, the head coach at Oregon. Uh, in the last couple of minutes, Dan Lanning put out a, a video uh, saying he is staying at Oregon and that reports that he was in Tuscaloosa last night were inaccurate. Uh, you can still maybe be skeptical that something can change, but from the horse's mouth, Dan Lanning saying he is not leaving Oregon for Bama. And we, we talked about this briefly to start the show. I don't think that that actually makes as much sense as it would for others. And just because Oregon's going to be in the big 10 now, uh, Nike money behind you for NIL, Oregon can pay you just as good as anybody in the country as well. And do you want to go to Bama? Not only is it the SEC, but the expectation is just going to be so out of whack, man. Whereas if I'm at a smaller school, let's just say, go get your money. And even if they run you out of there in three years, you got your money and you're good. Dan Lanning is making a ton of money at Oregon already. Yes. Uh, and will continue to make a ton of money. If he was smart, he would have leveraged that into some more bonus money on the other side. I like, it's been so weird. Cause like Saban gone. So now we're talking about this. Bill Belichick opened his press conference after leaving new England after 25 years with good morning. I haven't seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. Why would he open he's just that trying to, He's trying to, he's just trying to be lighthearted. Obviously, That's an incredible Belichick way to and, open it. Belichick and Kraft having their, I wouldn't even call it like you said, a press conference, just giving statements as they are mutually agreeing to part ways after yeah. 24 years, Belichick. Uh, got a little choked up talking about the fans saying he'll always be a Patriot. I quote, look forward to coming back here, but this time we're going to move on. I'm excited about the future. And the expectation of course, is that uh, he's going to be a head coach in the NFL here very soon again. Next guess for head coach after Saban. Now that Dan Lanning would have been all I still of our... think Lane Kiffin. I still think Lane Kiffin's interesting to watch Norvell. I mean, is that if more Norvell would make sense to jump because the ACC mess with, with Florida state right now. You know what I mean? Like the I think unknown. that that's my guess. My guess is Norvell. I'm interested. I, I think you know. it makes the most sense for Norvell because not only the, the ACC mess, but you look at his team. I mean, they're all leaving. They're all going to the pros. He, I, I, I guess, think it's the perfect time for him to go. I guess let's ask it two different ways. If you're Norvell, you leave, duh. If you're Bama, yes. is he your next choice? I think it's I don't a good think so. Because there's difference, right? Like, Norvell could end up going there, but is he? do you think he's their next choice? No. I think Dan Lanning would have been at the top of their list, but I, I don't know Lane that Kiffin might be two or three on their list. I, yeah. I, I thought Kiffin would all, because to me, I think it's an Alabama tie is the person who's getting hired. Kiffin obviously has it. Sark has it, but I don't think he's going. Uh, Dan Lanning has Alabama ties as well. Obviously not taking, I think Kiffin is next, but Dabo would be another one that whose name is in there. Man, and then I think, uh, then you go to Norvell or somebody outside of Alabama if Bama, in which I should like, if, if they really believe Lane's willing to leave Ole Miss for Bama, I think that's the guy you go with. And then, then, then it's the trickle I don't know down. Why you wouldn't leave then Ole it's Miss the trickle down because then it's a trickle down. Like, okay, well then who takes the Ole Miss job? And then, you know, that's where it's fun. Then who takes this job? Yeah. I think it's going to be, there could be three to four more high profile jobs that open up because of the money involved yeah. switches things around. And I don't know if that scares you about Lance Leipold, uh, I think his name being floated or second, anything part of the coaching care set. You know what I mean? Like you have to get through the first four or five guys that all rotated. Then Leipold. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, tossed. I don't think like Lance, if Lane Kiffin left, Lance Leipold's not going to Ole Miss. You know, they're not offering, you know what I mean? But, but if Ole but, Miss uh, took a different coach from a nice program, that was a little bigger than Kansas. Maybe. Yeah. He would leave yeah. There, no, you know? I think that's fair at that point. Yeah. But right now, no, I don't think you have to be concerned yet. It's, it's the further carousel part. If that happens, we'll keep you up to date. What's going on again. Wild 24 hours coaching wise is, Saban's retiring and Belichick's holding a press conference saying he's leaving the Patriots after 24 years. Um, so that is where things stand. But let's talk more about Chiefs Dolphins on Saturday night. We know it's Tyree Kill's return. Yes. Great player. 
going to end up uh, potentially as a Hall of Famer one day in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and certainly, I think, will be in the Chiefs Ring of Honor when the dust settles down the road. But that's not who scares you the most? Nope. Nope. You would think that that would be the logical answer. And actually going into the first game, as we discussed yesterday, he was. The guy I'm the most afraid of on the entire field on Saturday is David a- De- Devin Achan. Terrifies me. I'll be honest. That's the kind of person who can get you. One, because if there's been a weakness to this defense, and there's been very few, it has been the rush defense. That is where they've struggled more than any other area of their defense combined, most realistically. And because of that run he had against Buffalo, and because of a lot of the runs, I don't know, it seems like he's averaging 27 yards a carry this year, he scares me. Because if he gets you for a couple, that's the path to losing. David, David, Devin, God, I can't get his name out. Devin Achan gets a couple of long runs out there on Saturday, then you really start to run into problems defensively. He scares me more than any, more than Tua, more than Tyreek, more than Waddle, more than anyone on their defense. I'm scared of him. More than Mostert, who has like 25 touchdowns this year. Him. Achan is a problem. He's the guy who can make the difference between winning or losing. He scares me. I think it's specific to the Chiefs, right? Because most teams are going to say Tyreek Hill. The reason why your answer is probably not Tyreek Hill is because the Chiefs have locked down number one wide receivers. And they locked him down already once this year. So I get it, right? Like that's why even though Tyree kill has the potential, as we know, to be explosive and take a 10 yard pass 70 yards, the chiefs have done an amazing job against ones. And H is just the next most explosive player on the offense after Tyree kill. So I, I, I hear you. I think what's interesting though, you, you could say you're more concerned than Mostert, but I do think Mostert's going to play and come back from the injury. Sure. And Mostert did have a hell of a year. So what's that balance? Look, the, the scheme that Mike McDaniel will run is going to have success anyway against any team. And then you couple it with the chiefs lack of success, stopping the run. That to me is why I think this game is under for the total. If you're wondering like total 44. Now yeah. I, was, I got it at 45 and a half. It was 47 earlier in the week. That to me is why pace of play. If Miami is committed to the run and I think they will be, they can move the ball. That'll be the question. Like at some point they can run and then do they try to get something over the top to Tyreek? How did the chiefs handle that? I also think the chiefs should lean in and on the run, by the way, in that Isaiah Pacheco should be a huge factor, but H Han is the guy that can take a 15 yard run to the house to your point, right? Most is just a great back, but H Han's an explosive back. I understand. I just wonder, does his carries get limited because most back do his carries get limited because most back. I mean, maybe, but I mean, I don't know if that's a better thing because in limited run, he can do damage. Like, that's the whole point. Like, when I said I feel like he's been, you know, A-Chan's been averaging 20 yards a carry this year, it's because it's not enough hyperbole to actually be inaccurate. They're at their best, and I think that in a weird way, like, most are coming back doesn't scare me less of him because he gets to just come in there and be the spell back to Mostert, and all of a sudden, he's got fresh legs and can run all over you too. Like, I understand that you're like, well, maybe limiting his touches in some way can kind of go that way. He is averaging 7.8 yards per carry this season. I mean, he is just a one-stop shop from taking a touchdown 70 yards down the field. And because the Chiefs defense has been so good at limiting those big plays all season long, that's where, like, the defense could look at like it's worse than it has in a long time. And because I think the Chiefs should run the ball a lot in this game, and especially because of the snow and the cold, I assume Miami will think the same thing and also try to exploit and use their rushing attack to go after him. Now, I'll say this. They used their rushing attack pretty effectively against Buffalo for about a quarter and a half, two quarters, and then Buffalo made the adjustment, and Miami had no offense remaining. So there is still a same thing that happened before. Spag's second-half defensive run that could slow down A-Chan on that regard. But he, 
it's just when he's in the game early on, I think we all got to take a deep breath worrying what could happen there. Yeah, look, they'll have to have some sort of plan for that, or it goes back to, you know, the, all right, do they move the ball down the field, but do the Chiefs buckle down in the red zone, and, and, and who capitalizes there? I also think there's a certain extent, I think I know the answer to this, which coach is willing to be less arrogant with their play calling. I, I have brought this up time and time again with Andy Reid at times, play calling arrogance. Doesn't mean he's not a great play caller and a genius, but there are times where I think we get into play calling arrogance. And I hope yeah. we're not talking about it on Monday on this show where they can't help themselves. And Andy's not the only one in the league. Mike yeah. McDaniel being the fact that he was a run game coordinator in San Francisco. I think he actually likes to run the ball. So my, my question was going to be who's less likely to have play calling arrogance on Saturday for their team to win. I think the answer is Mike McDaniel. He, to me, is way more committed to the run. Probably has to be. Andy Reid, yeah. I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> Andy's, I mean, we got a, long, we got a lot of evidence um, that Andy Reid's never been committed to the run. I know. So, in but an Pache- individual Pacheco game, should carry the ball fun. 20 times. Pacheco yeah. should carry the ball 20 times. Do you know how many times, times he's carried it 20 times this year? I don't, but I I'm know. I'm assuming he, it's zero. I, I, I think it might be once. But I, I know that if you look at the last four or five games, he carried it like 13 times, 15 times, 18, and like 19 um, so they have been given the ball north of 15 times, but I, I think this is a 20 plus carry game for, or should be at least for Pacheco. I'll say this. I'll allow for some passing touches that are behind the line of scrimmage that essentially count as runs. Okay. Right. Um, for Pacheco, it doesn't have to be straight carries for me. He has carried the ball 20 times once this year. So once. It was against the New York jets. He went 20 for 115 and a score. He also had three catches for 43 yards by them and his best game of the entire year. But yes, you're right over the, um, he had two games off, but in his last three games in which he played mm-hmm. 18 for 110, 11 for 26 against the Raiders. We can just wash that, that game, game out of your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 18 for 130, the game before that 19 and 16 carries. So yes, they have given him the ball more later in the season. Than they have earlier. This is also the benefit for where we had said, look, I understand you don't want him hurt, but the fact that Isaiah Pacheco has only played two games in the last five, just as long as he's healthy for that thing. Not a bad thing. The way he runs, he's going to get hurt a lot in the NFL and has already been dinged up pretty good in his first two seasons in the NFL. I just want him healthy for the postseason, so what you just said is plausible. Yeah, and They can give it to him 15 or 20 times. You want to mention fresh legs for HN. Well, with Pacheco not playing last week. I no, mean, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the fresh, Pacheco's le- yeah, legs, like the yeah. fresh legs for Pacheco apply here as well. And that's, you know, with a lot, I think particularly Kelsey and Pacheco, if you're asking who benefited the most from not playing last Those week, from a, who's been most beat up? Of those of the guys like Mahomes has had, I'm sure a little ankle thing here or there, but Pacheco missed games due to injury. Kelsey missed a game at the very beginning of the season due to an injury. And he's just a little bit older and he takes, you know, he gets beat up and, you know, they're physical with him around the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I, I think both Kelsey and Pacheco benefit the most for the time off just in terms of having fresh legs. There's no question uh, about that. And you would think the Chiefs can run because the front seven is so banged up for the Dolphins. What's this should be a positive. Like, I totally get what you're saying. Um, The problem with Miami's defense being the unit that's banged up, right? They got no linebackers. They got no defensive ends. Is There were a couple times this year that I fell into this trap where I'm like, look at this. A chance for the Chiefs offense to get right. This is the 26th ranked defense. They have not taken advantage, man. I'm a little worried that, like, they're not equipped to take advantage of any banged up defense. I'll just be honest. I haven't seen him do it all year. I kind of wish it was the offense that was hurt and not the defense. Cause I still think there's a limited peak for what advantage the chiefs can take on any defense. Well, I, I don't think the chiefs offense is suddenly fixed because of what they looked like against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati, one of the worst defenses in football. And right now with the injuries, the dolphins 
aren't exactly great on defense. They're probably bottom five as well. So actually against a team like the Dolphins, I could see the Chiefs offense looking about as good as they did against Cincinnati, unless the weather hampers both of these offenses altogether. The question I still think offensively will be if they can get through this Dolphins game, can they play at a higher level against a defense like the Bills? And if they're fortunate enough beyond that, obviously the the, the Ravens. I, I still don't think the Chiefs have to be great on offense to win this game on Saturday because of, A, the defense anyway, but just the nature of, of the way the game's going to go and what the Chiefs' defense could be. This is not the game. All the concerns we've had all year, yeah, like if they turn the ball over two times, we'll be very concerned. Sure. But if, if the Chiefs just play kind of how they played the last couple of weeks, take the Raiders game, the worst performance in Mahomes' career out of it, duh, if he plays like that, they will lose. Um, then I think the Chiefs can, can get past a team like the Dolphins. Yeah, but this feels like the kind of game where you shouldn't have to sweat it as much because they have nothing on defense, man. I mean, they're, they're just an absolute shell. I, it would just make me feel so much better. And I'm never going to say that they're going to score 30 points a game the rest of this postseason. Yeah. But, man, wouldn't it make you feel better that if up against the defense, that, again, signed three guys who were getting AARP memberships. Hell, Tom Bahali is the drum honoree yes, for the yeah. Chiefs. Miami might sign him before the game and see if he can get on the field for them on defense. It'd be nice to see them take advantage of it just, like just take advantage of a team that has no one left on defense and drop 27. Yeah. Prove that when you need to put up a little, or when you, that you can put up a little bit of points against a defense that's struggling is what I'm asking and has no one left healthy for them. I certainly would feel good, but I, if I told you that the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 28 to 20 and then they go and play Buffalo the next week, are you feeling, are, be honest, like are you truly feeling better about the offense? No, I'm feeling, I'm not feeling worse though. To me, it's like <laughs> if they yeah. score 17 points against Miami, and win, I'll be happy that they won, but I'm like, well, they're not scoring enough against Buffalo. Or would you just I say it's the same least... story? It's the same story, and you'd also say this is what they've been all year anyway. We know they're going to have to win a game with their defense, and it was also terrible weather. This is just one of – the weather might move it a little bit, but this is one of those exceptions where there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to take advantage of that defense. Just none. You have the advantage. It's It lines up because of the Pacheco thing we just talked about. That lines up perfectly in your favor. You are far better on the offensive line than anything they can offer on the defensive line. They got no one who can tackle, no one who can cover, cover Kelsey. They got nothing left. It, I mean, it's just, it's a shell of a defense remaining in Miami. So unless they got the world's greatest scheme coming their way, or they're getting ready to build Belichick it to circle back <laughs> around and play uh, Tyree kill also in the Dion branch role at corner. I don't know why the Chiefs should be slowed down in this game. Trash of the day. All right, let's get to it. Uh, we all have smartphones, all have touchscreen phones, and you know you might have the screen protector on there. And I, I do. don't know how often you clean your phone screen or whatever. Just think about you know. I got baby wipes around the house for yeah. kids, so I occasionally like hit it with one. You know. Okay, so there's something called a mouth pad. Okay. That mouth is being. I don't like on. the sound of it immediately. Yeah. I'm just well, going to be honest with you. I just yeah. don't like the sound of it. So touch screens are going hands free with a new device that allows users to scroll through their smartphone using only your tongue. You thought people get sick in the wintertime before. Mouthpad is a retainer-like trackpad chip that sits on the roof of your mouth. It made its debut at the uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas this week. It can sense tongue movements, Mm -hmm. allowing users to scroll, type, make calls, and even play chess with a swipe or click of their tongue quote it is a mouse for your mouth now 
Okay, the I understand this from the, like the disability standpoint. The, 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 is that the right? idea behind it is to be a tool for those living with disabilities, those with you know a hand impairment or you know paralysis or or whatever. That that's a great development for that. Sure. If it's marketed just for that, but if it's anything more, because the company says they also plan to appeal to more than the intended market. Professionals who use their hands a lot, like mechanics or, sh- or surgeons, have shown interest in the device. Great development for those that can't use their hands. Be honest, but don't need my way. surgeon texting with his mouth while he's inside <laughs> taking my pancreas out. I would just prefer he not have access to his phone during said time. I'm watching the uh, the video of it, dude. Over the past six months, <sighs> users have been testing out the product, including a current college freshman. And mechanical engineering major has been using mouthpad as her primary input device for a computer and phone. I did think that you were, uh, like, when you were originally, I just assumed that this was going to be, like, a, like, thing you plugged into your phone to, like, make out with someone over your phone. That's what I assumed. Oh, Cody. That's what, what I assumed. That's, That's what I thought weird. this was going. That's weird. This is the Consumer Electronics Show, not the adult uh, toy, <laughs> toy convention or whatever. For oh, someone in a long-distance relationship, you know? My God. Oh my goodness! Somebody, somebody had a store I now. Is, you were going with it, somebody man. Somebody had a store is hearing your idea, and it's like, you know what? That's not so bad. You know how disgusting that would be. You yes. put a chip in your mouth, and it you can feel their tongue. The lo- feeling of no. that's gross. That's so <laughs> oh gross. My goodness. That's so gross. By the way, it probably already exists. Let's just be honest. You think I'm the first person know. to speak that thing into existence? Why don't you do a little Maybe. Google? Go do a little Google search, Cody. Let me know how that turns out. <laughs> Someone says, what if your surgeon is YouTubing how to remove a pancreas? Concerning. <laughs> I'll be honest. They're wanting to change the song on their playlist. I'm assuming this <sighs> chip in your mouth, like that. they said it's like a retainer. So I'm assuming it's very removable. You know, you can you use, think so. I, yeah, it looks like a mouth guard, honestly. So it's 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 removable. Again, if it's some if it's the intended use, if it truly is like, hey, it's going to be great for people that can't use their hand and they have a yeah. disability. Hey, totally makes sense. Otherwise, though, I can't imagine this catching on. That's somebody that doesn't have, you know, that has full use of their hands. Why on earth would you have this mouth thing and you're just, you're just going to lick? Oh, God, lick, no. Lick. Why? You're not even really licking as much as you're, like, simulating the movement of your tongue. Yeah, it's yeah, still, yeah. Like, it's not like you're licking the screen of your phone, I understand. But still, like, that you have to, like, move your tongue to scroll. I don't know. It's just no good. It's I don't like it. I mean, I do like it for the disability part. I don't understand how anybody who had, like, function, would want that option. It's it says, not that it's, hard to it, scroll with my hand. The mouth pad is clear around your teeth. The center is a golden touchpad that is the contact point for the tongue. Inside, there's also a force sensor that picks up left and right clicks or can be mapped to other hotkeys. On the side, a small bump that holds the Bluetooth antenna and wireless charging pack sticks out and lays against your cheek. <laughs> they do not recommend leaving in for meals, but it's safe to drink with. Oh, my God. No good. No. So so, hang on the 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 touchpad or whatever is on the roof of your mouth. So is that correct? So what? So do you need to like act like you're dipping your pen into like like, like you're put put some ink in the quill and like like dip your you you poke the roof of your mouth with your tongue and then you scroll. It, is, it is has it senses saying? your mouth. So like let's say you that's move, essentially just a trackpad. The, 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 yeah, like the scroll is like, like yeah, move you, your tongue around the you roof move of your, your mouth. tongue and so it scrolls oh, up okay, or scrolls okay. down and, and then yeah. yeah, based on how it's yeah, imagine the touchpad of your laptop. I can see how it would work, but I'm not it, interested. I mean, for for people that don't have use of their hands, this actually is probably a genius thing, right? Yeah. We're talking it as of somebody that, you know, can use their hands. We're like, what? But if, if the true intention is for someone that someone says it's so you can text your side piece while you're out with your girlfriend, oh, you know, your phone in your hand, oh, they'll never know. Oh, my goodness. Now, of course, the text line is making it sexual, of course, because that's what we do on the text mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You might want to take the retainer out.
There is some sicko so. who yeah. will find a way other than what it's meant to be used for to use it. Yeah, people are also catching on to Drew talking about dipping his pen in ink. <laughs> well, no, that, that's, that was the best description I had for it. Like, like, like he said, a quill. <laughs> <laughs> are you secretly from like the 1700s? <laughs> Doing calli- uh, uh, calligraphy. I, I do calligraphy for a half hour every single day after the show is done. I go Damn, and I practice it. Man, man. who knew? All right, that's the trash of the day <laughs> here on Cody and Gold. All right, up next, though, we get right back into the huge news around coaching in college football in the NFL and brings back up, like we kind of hit on a little bit yesterday, the future of Andy Reid in Kansas City. Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, and welcome in to the Chiefs Red Half Hour on Cody and Gold, every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You remember, uh, was it a couple years ago, we brought up the idea of doing a holiday Chiefs cookbook? Yeah, Drew I wasn't, do. Drew wasn't here yet. Mama McKinnon's mac and cheese was ja- really the beginning of that conversation yeah. when Jarek McKinnon came on the show and yeah, talked about his mom's macaroni and cheese. Yeah, we have a kid on the show. We asked him, like, what's the family recipe? And he's like, Mama McKinnon's mac and cheese. And then we started thinking, and we talked about doing a Chiefs-themed cookbook based off of what Chiefs players wanted. That's correct. Um, now look, this, fruition, is, look this is our fault because we had two years to do it. We did bring up the idea on the air and we know they're always listening out at one arrowhead drive to the show. That's not even a joke, by the way. Um, and guess what they have started doing? Wait, the Kansas city chiefs, they have come out with the kingdom cookbook. Oh. The other day it was Patrick Mahomes. Today. I just saw it. Bolton family dressing, a favorite of Nick Bolton. Uh-huh. You can Dang. check out the recipe. They've already the released Chiefs ripped us off. They, uh, well, did they some, rip us off? It's not even a so we had two years to do it. We didn't do it. You know, it's our fault. It's our fault. I okay. just wanted people to know that we, we definitely had we the see. idea on the air two years ago. We didn't go forward with it. it. My guess is, mm, uh, we would have ran into some issues because they were able to just ask any player, the recipe, they would have probably said, we're not allowed to do that or something like that. But, um, yeah, the chiefs have a kingdom cookbook. With players, family recipes, which we dropped, we dropped the ball. We could have I done mean, it two years ago. That was our, not even like, oh, hey, yeah. maybe was that kind of our idea? I'm just going to be very clear. That was the, this is the exact idea we had. It like, was. To the letter, really this was. is what we said we were going to do. Specifically family recipes. <sighs> yeah. Huh. And we were, we have, we had themes planned and everything. Look, oh, well. in fairness, that, right. you're right. That's on us. We waited two years. What do you, I mean, yeah. I'd be mad at the Chiefs for stealing the idea, but what am I supposed to do here? We didn't do we, it. We, we, we talked about, we actually talked about it off the air a lot too, like how to execute mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. how to make this idea plausible. That's probably pretty close Look, to what the got, title would have been. If you got a great idea, you can't wait two years and it's been to be upset. Someone else takes the idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to fill you in on that. I didn't know if you had seen. That's tough. That's a tough day for us, you know? So I'll let now you know somebody else week. is going to get a peacock in the radio studio because we mentioned this on the air and we didn't make it happen. Look, I, that one I'll be upset about. If, if somebody else does, and then, I, then I'll call PETA on their behalf, actually. You'll get we, we got, we got, uh, yeah, we got cock blocked. Did we? Did and we? So, peacock. You know, the peacock, yeah. Did yeah. we in any way, out of curiosity, Drew, did we get the official no? From the family farm in which... Technically, no. I was just huh. told that there is a, huh. it's a very slim chance. I think maybe we had to send a follow-up text. But, but they've got my number. They, they said in case oh, anything okay. changes is what the guy okay, told me. Okay, so they me. pretty much hit us with the no, and yeah. then they're like, we'll call you if we change it to a yes. Yeah. He did That's say he would reach out to somebody. Okay. Huh. Hmm. Well, maybe a follow-up call's in order then. Maybe it's not completely out of the question that we would get a peacock still in studio. 
I'm not thinking that's happening. I'm also not thinking that's happening. Tomorrow? We talk about a lot of things. I swear to God, if someone starts CNG pizza next week, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind. Well, that would just be weird. Why would they start CNG pizza? Why would I they name know. it CNG? But I'd be depressed. Okay. We already lost out that spot to guys, which they do fine work. I got no complaints I don't here. Know, it could be Corey and Gardner. I don't know. Who are maybe? Those are real names. Gardner. Where did you come? CNG. I'm not. I, no, I mean, I get it, but that was just right. I just didn't know that those were the first two. Those were the first Corey two. Corey and Gardner. Those are, those sound like good old boys. Those guys are riding. They're someone not starting says, a pizza shop. They're riding ATVs. Someone says they're duck hunting. Someone says Chiefs and G E H A pizza. C and G pizza. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna rip up. They would make sure they spe- wow. they would make sure they spell it out though. You know. <sighs> yeah, you're right. The, they, they must listen to the show because. Oh no, I, they do. They, you you they guys do. talked about Pacheco needing to get fed, and he was fed. Rasheed Rice. Yeah, they had all they all listen. The deep Drew. shot. They all listen. They they must be. You know. God, they heard that idea, and then they took two years to develop it, but they got it done. Mm-hmm. Props. That's Props, the difference. Man. Props. Okay, so Belichick and Saban. Uh-huh. Belichick still wants to coach. That was obvious based on his press conference today. And, again, this is how he opened it. Morning. Seen this many cameras since we signed Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, little, not a bad little, way to open it. A little joke for Bill Belichick. A little joke. And then Nick Saban retiring after a long time at Alabama and six national championships there, seven total. For his college career, I'm not surprised to find out that the very first name that gets mentioned after Pete Carroll, who was the oldest coach in the NFL, is not a coach right now. Bill Belichick, currently not a coach, was the second oldest coach in football. And Nick Saban, one of the oldest coaches in all of college football, is gone. Guess who is the current active oldest coach in all of the NFL because Bill Belichick doesn't have a job? It's Andy Reid. Of course, Andy Reid's name was going to be mentioned in this, especially because Mike Florio had brought up his name as a potential of like, could this be his last postseason? And honestly, Nick Saban and Bill Belichick also seem like, and Pete Carroll also seem like lifer football guys. So if it could happen to them, it could happen to anyone. I remind you that at least one of those guys is still coaching. Pete Carroll's an expressed an interest in still coaching. And Nick Saban is the only one who's walking away from it. And Andy is six years younger than like all, all of those them. guys. <laughs> so that that's it's it's notable to bring up, no doubt, because he's he's now you know the 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 next in line, if you will, on an age trajectory. Uh, but we all expect Belichick to get a job in the next week or so, so that changes right away. But the long, I mean, just from ten year perspective too. Mike Tomlin, 17 years with the Steelers. That's the longest tenured coach in, in the NFL. Then John Harbaugh, second Dennis in the Harbaugh Reed, Harbaugh, 16. Andy's at 11. Then it's like Sean McDermott at seven and Sean McVay at seven. Sean McVay, by the way, uh, is still how old, do you think? 45? He got no, the job when he was like in his 30s. Sean McVay is 37. <laughs> Oh my God! He got that job at thirty. Yeah, like that's what's crazy about him. He's only thirty-seven years old. You're trying to tell me that if Sean McVay wants to coach just as long as Andy Reid does, he's got another thirty years in the NFL. Yeah, three zero. Yeah. He's not going to coach that long. At thirty. Remember we talked about earlier about how like if I were Nick Saban, I would never do a TV gig. I would just take my hundreds of millions of dollars and I would just go sit on a warm beach somewhere. McVay will do that. McVay is not coaching until he's 65 years old. Or should he? Yeah. He will go find something to kick around and enjoy his life outside of that in his big giant mansion with, you know, like he's got his a beautiful newborn. wife. He's got a newborn. And his newborn baby. Um, He'll just get out of it. I, but I he could also un- come back. He could do what we were talking like about. You know, if you're Sean McVay, you could take a five-year break like Gruden did, go yes. broadcast for Fox or whatever, and then come back and coaching Cody. And he'd still only be like 44 or 43 uh-huh. years old. If Andy Reid... Presuming no major health thing comes up with Andy Reid yeah. over the next few years. I think Andy's got at least four. I, I don't 
I don't know why I'm, I feel that way still considering the rumors around it. I can't get over the fact that even like, let's look at these other guys, Nick Saban. I mean, look, it's Alabama that, that wheel would keep churning, but you don't have anything left to prove, right? Bill Belichick's not leaving the sport. He's just leaving the team. So even he's not walking away. Like, I feel like to walk away, the whole thing comes back to the Mahomes thing. Like, I just, I don't yeah, we, see uh, it. I understand that these have been the surprise ones and Andy Reid's name is going to come up next, but I just don't see it. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, the over, I mean, go back to even the first Super Bowl win for, for Andy after the Miami Super Bowl, in Miami, I should say, against the, the Niners. And there was a question right then, like, okay, how many more rings can he get? And, you know, is he only coaching for two or three more years? Here we are, it's 2024, and there's no signs that that's changing. And, yeah, the... It goes for anybody, and I understand people want to view it differently for Andy than other coaches, and I understand, I get it. But as long as there's not a major health problem that prevents him from coaching and changes that path, like I don't think you give up an opportunity for someone that's been in the game as long as he has to continue coaching a quarterback in their prime and not just any quarterback, the best quarterback in the league, and someone that might go down as one of the two, if not the best quarterback in football. You know, the, the most interesting part about this is like seeing the end from the other side. Let's say it's not Andy who makes the decision. And I know it's easy to be like, Everyone gets a choice in their site. Bill Belichick didn't. Pete Carroll didn't. And those guys have been with their organizations forever. So Andy may not always get a say in whether, what would it take? Like that's serious. What would it take for the Chiefs and Andy Reid to mutually part ways? As an Andy still wants a job in the NFL, yeah. let's say five years from now, five years from now, Andy Reid still wants a job in the NFL, but it ain't going to be for the Chiefs. How bad would it have to get? With I, I, Mah- I mean, I think they have to miss the playoffs three times. Yeah, I don't, I don't two think times. That. I think like things that you can't even like, reasonably predict could even occur well again because what if tom brady was 33 years old when they like it's dip, you know tom brady was getting older anyway so it was easier to part ways like here there's no like that that even scenario doesn't apply here because you know, it have to it's something you have to happen with the quarterback yeah, yeah i mean i understand that five you know seven years ago none of us would predict we'd be sitting here in 2024 saying bill belichick is leaving the patriots organization i get that none of us would have thought that sure. in 2017 or whatever but the difference also with the whole Brady thing is it got to the end where Brady was knew he only had a year or two left. And so it was much easier for him to say, all right, it's me or him and I'm out, you know, five years from now, Patrick Mahomes is still going to be what? 33 or 34 years old or something sure. or whatever. You know I mean? Like, it's just different. If they could go back in time when that ultimatum was clearly made, I think. And he said, it's either me or Tom. Kraft chooses Tom, it- right? Well, no, Kraft chose the wrong guy. Yeah, so I'm saying. If he oh, could go oh, back oh, in time. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He would reverse his. If he gets a time machine, he's Marty McFly. He goes back in How time. Would you not? How and would Bill you not? Belichick says, it's me or Tom. You say, it's been nice seeing you, Bill. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I can't. It's now, hard would, would to imagine that he wouldn't do it would, the would, other way around now and not just try to surround stuff. Would the answer be different if. So we've seen what's happened with. Look, Matt Jones just is not that guy. That's a big part of this. Oh, yeah. But if Brady would have gone to the Bucs and just lost in like the first round of the playoffs. Do you think you'd feel as strongly that it was still the wrong decision? You know what I mean? Like Brady won the Super Bowl, so it's, it's over. It's done. It's it, clearly he still had it. <laughs> okay. He wouldn't, he wouldn't want a Super Bowl, unfortunately against the chiefs uh, the next year, which is just ridiculous. Um, the fact that it was February and we all thought he retired or whatever. Yeah. And then ugh, whatever. Yeah. anyway, <laughs> you're going back frustrated. now. Yeah, I remember I was sitting at a restaurant. I know exactly where I was when I found out Brady was not retiring actually. Um, do you think you'd feel strongly like if Brady just would have eh, had a, like nine win season, ten win season, lost in the first round of the playoffs? Sure, but I know what the result yeah. was. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, like was that's it why the, it's super, the time the machine conversation. Swing? 
I think, no, I think, yeah, it does. Because you know that he was still, because there were real questions. Tom Brady was well over 40 years old. There were real questions about whether or not he had enough juice for one more run. And we all knew that those Patriots rosters weren't particularly talented, but it was like, I mean, if you got like a talented roster, could Tom Brady still do it one more time at 43 years old? I I didn't know. I wasn't (laughs) sure that that was the case. I understand how Robert Kraft came to that decision at that time, but also... Like he made the wrong call. He should have gone with Tom. He should have moved on from Belichick and had some other. He obviously made the wrong call. Now that we know how it all played out. I think I still would be, the answer would be the same still, but would Belichick be leaving the Patriots organization today though? If you know, they didn't have Mac Jones as their quarterback and instead they actually had a guy that was worth a damn. Um, you know, it's like, cause it's also some of that. This is what I kind of the GM, which is why you and I have talked about whoever hires Belichick and, Multiple teams will have interest. Are they letting him be a GM or not? I just saw a report out of uh, D.C. from Grant Paulson, who I do a show with on Saturdays, uh, and he said a source of his tells him that they're already down to two finalists to be the head of their football ops, uh, which means that they're not going to obviously give football operational control to Belichick or whoever they end up hiring. It also is good news if you're worried about uh, well, not good news for us, not for the individual, but there was reports that was it uh, Borgamzi was getting yeah. requested an interview uh, with the commanders for their top football job. Re- according to that report, they're already down to two finalists and it's not him. With you, I don't think he's even interviewed. This is what I kind of like about the Belichick move from the perspective you were just talking about is just as long as Bill Belichick lands in a favorable situation, we'll get the answer on whether or not it was just he chose the wrong quarterback and he's just like any other coach. Get a bad quarterback, be a bad team, the end. Right, but Isn't I that the back, selling point to the Chargers know, that he knows he has one? Here's the sure. thing that's been a real knock. Yes, but here's the thing that's been a real knock on Belichick over these last five years is because we could just thrust it on Mac Jones and, every, and Cam Newton and everyone they had in between. That exact same five-year period, who the hell has been starting at quarterback for the Steelers? Still make the playoffs, man. Still win football games. Still get the damn jo- job done. He's got Mason Rudolph sure. starting in a playoff game. It's his third quarterback this year, fourth quarterback this year. Like, no offense, Bill. You got five years of this quarterback. You could have changed quarterbacks. That's another stubborn thing. Where like The answer, though, is the same, keep, Cody. It's the you know. GM stuff. Like, I think you're you're right. Mike Tomlin's done it. But also, he didn't have to do both team, jobs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the, the difference is that goes back to the concern. I don't think Bill Belichick is a worse head coach today than he was five years ago. I don't. I really don't. I think, I think he is. I, I, again, we, again, I think he's the greatest great. coach of all time. I also think he's just he's a worse head coach than he was five years ago. So I, again, well, there's no way to prove this, obviously. Like, yeah. We just disagree. Like, sure. So I, I don't think he is any different as a coach. I think the GM mistakes continue to mount and mount and mount, and you have a crappy roster, an expansion-type roster right now in New England. And when you have a crappy roster, and even if you're as good of a head coach, I still believe Belichick is, you have limitations. And... That's a problem. And I think it's more about still the the personnel decisions, which is why I'm with you that I don't believe wherever he lands next week or whatever, or this weekend, that they should allow him to be a general manager as well. Yeah, I just, look, I think he's gotten worse at both jobs. This is the same thing. Like, this does occur in sports. And look, you're right. It's difficult to prove until the time's too late. Sometimes the game passes you by, both from a GM or a coaching perspective. Things pass you by. The defense has never passed him by. That's what's been so weird about Bill is that, from that, it hasn't, but it doesn't seem like he's adjusted offensively to the way the league has gone over the last five or ten years. Again, maybe quarterback, and maybe some of his own doing his GM. Yeah, bad, but I, by, bad OC hires, too, right? which is all part of it. We'll get a better sense of which one of us is right in this scenario with a fresh start and a better roster and, honestly, a better situation than New England and his fingerprints all over a new spot, sure. whether that be Atlanta 
or the Commanders or the Chargers or anything in between. We'll get a sense of it. Honestly, I hope it's not the Chargers. On the off chance, yeah. Bill does, does still have it. I'd rather they just choose some no-name whatever. Or no, I, I, hope he goes, I, I, I hope he goes to Atlanta or he goes to the Commanders and they don't let him be the GM and he's just there. I think it's a great fit. Yeah, I don't want him going to the Chargers. I, I don't think it's the same feeling as we would have had. To your point, though, you know, still a couple years ago, probably if Belichick was in the division. Sure. Um, fair or not. I, mean, I just don't I like think the idea of Belichick getting a quarterback again. Yeah, and he would. You would have one <laughs> in, in Justin Herbert. It, this is why this coaching carousel stuff is fun. This one's wild just because, again, it's not often, if not ever, that you have a coach of this stature available. I know Andy Reid was available, you know, 10-plus years ago, 13 years ago, whatever, or 11 years ago. Um, but Belichick also has – six rings you know i just you never have a coach like this on the market it's no. it's nuts like the chiefs traded for dick for meal okay still way different yeah, <laughs> way right. different yeah it this all, is all Bel right. belichick who most likely is getting up as the all-time wins leader in nfl history and he's available right now he's 15 wins away just so everybody knows yeah. this is what makes the postseason interesting and what we're talking about is it kind of relates back to mahomes the more i look at it i I can't get over the fact, like, it, it almost feels like sometimes we have to have these conversations on the show where you're like, hey, just real quick, let's not undersell Mahomes' chances to go to the Super Bowl again this year because of what he accomplishes in the postseason in general. The man is getting ready to enter his sixth postseason. We know he's never played on the road, so that would be a first if it's like Chiefs-Buffalo or Chiefs-Ravens or whatever down the road. If he, he is about two years away from, if he wins one Super Bowl in the next two years, he's going to end up being the second most prolific playoff performer ever seven years into his career, six years into his career, if he were to win the Super Bowl this year, he'd be the second most accomplished quarterback in NFL history. I understand there'd be two guys with four rings, and one of those guys would be, you know, like when we're talking about like Montana and Bradshaw and those guys that have him, he'd be more accomplished than them because of the window and time in which he would have already done it. He is only a hand. If he went to the Super Bowl, we said earlier yesterday, he would be second all time. He'd be tied or tied for third all time in playoff wins at quarterback. He's two, three years away just from a win at a time from being second, third, fourth in almost every single major category in the postseason. I mean, that just expands out what we've known, though, right? I mean, he is off to the best start that any quarterback has ever had for their career. That, I mean, that's the path. I think he's so. Up. Tom Brady had won three rings by year five. Is that right? Uh, you have to double check on that. It's close. He, he, he is off to either the best or the second best. If you, well, if, I mean, you think statistically he's off to a better start than Tom. Tom's had more rings. I, I, I think overall it's the best start for a quarterback's career. And so Agreed. what you're saying that, hey, if he wins another one in two years, then he, you know, then the, the pace and path and where he already puts him. He's that. That's what the advantage he had. The minute he stepped on a football field, he had instant success. And getting that first ring was so massive at his age when he got it on his rookie contract. No, and that's, I mean, that's a huge difference, at least on, on that end. Going back through, yeah, Tom, by year six, he would have had three rings. So I guess to match the rings, Mahomes would have to do it. But in every other category, he's blowing him out of the water, including postseason statistics for this early stage. Like, I think what was shocking about it is like when I really started to dive into the postseason stuff, like, I know Tom Brady's ahead of everyone else and has got, like, a million stats that, like, most people will never touch. What I didn't realize is how close Patrick Mahomes is to literally any other quarterback who's ever played in the postseason. It does not matter the caliber of guy you're thinking of. He is neck and neck statistically, as in he's going to pass them all before he's 30. That's what stood out to me, is that by age 30, Patrick Mahomes will have pretty much everybody but Brady covered. Now, rings, that's still the question, right? We don't know how many he'll have of those over the next few years. And he'll still need to get to, but if just getting to three makes him one of only five quarterbacks ever to do that. Like that's it. One more ring and he's one of five and then he'll have all the other statistics. It, like 
this is what's been so impressive about the run and why I never ruled him out of the postseason. The one thing, like, I've run into a bunch of people, and I'm sure you have too. Your buddy at the bar, Goldie, be like, Chiefs can't win it this year. I'm like, look, I don't think. Heard that a few times. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, okay? But I want to make a distinct difference between what I think and what I know is possible. Patrick Holmes can win the Super Bowl this year. There's no way I'll ever doubt this man in the postseason in his career at this stage. You? No, that's why I said I, I actually kind of look forward to, I said it yesterday, look forward to if Mahomes wins this weekend and goes on the road to Buffalo next weekend. Getting to be and, the underdog and the in underdog Buffalo. And people counting him out. I love, I mean, I, I kind of love that setup. And it, it goes back to that. Yeah, I mean, do I think all three of us would say, do we think they're actually going to the Super Bowl? I think we all would answer no. But I don't think it is this, you know, 5% chance that you would make it out to be for some people. I, I think with Mahomes, it's always better than a five percent chance once he's in the postseason, and and no, it's probably like at also, least a one in four shot. Yeah, again, we went through the odds. Like we actually looked at the odds the other day, and the Chiefs have the third best odds to get out of the to the AFC. You just don't know what breaks are going to happen. I mean, there's also the injury factor for any team. You just don't. You just don't know, man. And it doesn't. I mean, it, it, anything can change. Like it, it just. You you just never know when you have a quarterback still at his level that all of a sudden. It does just randomly click. Normally, we're like, hey, we haven't seen it for 17 games. I'm with you. We haven't seen it where this offense. But it wouldn't be the first time in sports history that for a two-game stretch, all of a sudden, an offense looks great again. It just wouldn't. It doesn't usually happen. But if there was ever a time where it could happen, and if there's it'd a probably be coach the combo, which would happen. Andy Reid, yeah. Yeah, that feels like And it's one. just that, the, you know, goes not to spend I mean, the Bills again. You know, the that's a team that I think has been severely overinflated based off of winning five in a row, which is a hard thing to do in the league, no doubt. But they're not, I'm sorry, they're not dominant. <laughs> they, they've no. been winning games to their credit. We all thought they were toast. They proved me and a lot of people wrong. They're not dominant, though. No. And the only dominant team, semi-dominant team in the AFC is the Baltimore Ravens, and you're not going to have to worry about them till the AFC title game. So, therefore, the Chiefs do have a chance to get to an AFC title game. And it's not it's not a crazy stretch, no, to think that they can do it. They got a tough route to get to a Super Bowl, no doubt. But it's just not this impossible journey. Not with Mahomes. All right, coming up next, though, I do want to talk to someone in Miami. We've been talking about the Dolphins and how on earth are they coming to KC in this weather and how that could impact the the playing performance from Tua. Let's talk with Channing Crowder. He does some radio down at 560 WQAM, our sister station in Miami, plus hosts the Pivot Podcast. He joins us next.